Hi, this is Becky. And Patricia. We are former college teammates and believe that life is a team sport. Our goal is to encourage and inspire strong women, families, and communities using lessons learned from sport. Welcome to the team room. Good morning and welcome back to Life is a Team Sport. I'm Patricia and I'm here with Becky. Becky, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing really well. I have so enjoyed the last segment that we did. Um, It lasted a little longer than a month. We called it Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. And we spoke to some health professionals. We talked to a mental health professional. We talked to some people who have dealt with mental health issues, eating disorders. Um, We actually talked to someone who owned their own preschool and learned a little bit about finances and owning your own business. So if you guys missed any of those, definitely go back and check them out because I, I don't know, I got a lot out of this last month. What'd you think? Oh, ditto. I really appreciated the women that came on and shared their heart and shared their wisdom, even though, um, they all didn't really want to do the wealthy part. I felt like all their wisdom was a wealth of information. So I really appreciated that they shared uh, what they've gone through. And um, just learning from others is nice so we don't go back and make the same mistakes if you can help it. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Learn learn from the mistakes of others and don't, don't repeat them. So this coming segment will be our last segment of the calendar year. It is coming, 2021 is coming to a close, which I can't even believe it's flown by in some ways. And in other ways, I feel like it's dragged on forever. So (laughs) I agree. I'm with you there. Making peace with all of that. But it is already November of 2021. I've seen people already putting up their Christmas decorations and lights and you know, the Christmas music is playing in the grocery store and I'm already drinking peppermint mochas, but that always happens this time of year. I love that, Patricia. I'm with you. It's been a long, long year and I don't like my life to speed by like that. However, with uh, everything we've been doing, going through, it's all good. Everybody's healthy. Let's move on to 2022 and see if we can um, get out of this, uh, some of this stuff we've been going through and, and back into a little more um, healthy healthy space for our country. So yeah, I like that. Healthy space, right. Cause a lot of people say get back to normal and like, I don't really know if that's ever going to happen. The old normal that we had, but if we can get back to healthy, I think that that's, that's a good thing to shoot for. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I love Christmas music in November. I think it's great. <laughs> now, lights, lights are happy. So I'll take the Christmas lights. Ours will not go up until December, maybe 15th. So <laughs> See, I'm almost thinking if there's a warm day and I have time, I might put them up. I might just not turn them on, but I hate putting up the lights in the cold. Same, same with my husband. He doesn't either. And he doesn't like the high ladder and I don't love him on the high ladder. (laughs) So, um, we sometimes don't do the lights that high anymore, but it's all totally get that. All right. Well, this new segment that we're doing will be the last of season three and we're calling it. I went professional. And the reason for that is there was a NCAA commercial that came out quite a while back that talked about how most people would go professional in something other than sport. So I'm going to play you a clip. It's from 11 years ago. So some of you may remember this. There are over 360,000 NCAA student-athletes. And just about all of us would be going pro in something other than sports. So... 
just about all of us will be going pro in something other than sports. So we want to talk about this and we want to interview some people who have gone professional in sports. So some of the people we're going to be interviewing in this next segment are professional athletes. They have decided to go pro in their sport. Others of them have gone pro in some sort of sports administration role. And so in my mind, the role, your role as a professional is something that you get paid full time to do. So if you're working professional in the world of sport, you're probably coaching or an administrator or a trainer or something like that. So we will also interview some of these kinds of people in this next segment and talk to them about what it's like to be a sports professional in that realm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm excited about this topic. Yeah. So I thought I'd read you a couple of stats and we would talk about our own collegiate experience because according to statistics, 7% of athletes end up being collegiate athletes. So 7% of the kids that are playing in your local rec soccer league or playing for their, even for their high school team, only 7% will become collegiate athletes. And so Becky and I are part of that 7%. So I thought we could talk a little bit about our collegiate experience and what that was like. And then on top of that, only 2% of those, so 2% of that 7%, will become professionals as an athlete. And that is also an astounding number. It's 0.16. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy (laughs) low number. And I think that kids don't understand that, but that's okay because they're kids and we want them to play hard and, and, and always play hard and be determined. However, as adults, I think it's good for us to explore this topic as parents and as coaches, because to be more, a little more realistic in what we're developing in our children as well. Right. Exactly. So, you know, shoot for the moon. Why not? Right. But yeah. And also understand what the process is like. So that's kind of where I wanted to start today. Both of us played division three. We played two sports in college. And, you know, so for you, what was that process like? Did you go through any sort of recruiting process? I mean, we're talking back in the nineties at this point. So over 20 years ago. And so for me, having high school athletes, I'm seeing the recruiting process is way different than what I went through. But tell us a little bit about what your recruiting process was like. Well, my recruiting process, Patricia, was very interesting because I grew up in Idaho, a state out in the Northwest. And I went to a church camp every summer that my church sent us to, we we enjoyed. And um, our speaker was a man from a Bible college out in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, and he only came every three years to camp. So he actually came when I was going into my sophomore year of high school. And I've got to say, that's the, that was the first bit of recruiting I ever had because I was playing basketball with the boys in the afternoons and he would come out to the courts and see us and he connected with us. And that's how I, that's how I got recruited to um, our small Bible college in Pennsylvania. However, the other part of recruiting, the only other, other part I remember was my dad took me to a college in Oregon and we went and visited and I stayed on campus with the girls. I went to a soccer practice. I met the coach and the girls. I didn't like the vibe. I can remember to this day. I didn't like the vibe of the girls. I didn't, I didn't connect with the coach. I'm a very relational person. And um, so for me, sports are amazing and awesome, but, but, but more so the team aspect of the, of the, of the people I be with. So those are the two things I remember from recruiting. And then I went out West 
before my senior year to the, to the small Bible college where the recruiter was from. And that sealed the deal for me. Cause I just, I fell in love with the girls. They were all welcoming and the college and, um, the, the, the people, the people is what really drew me into the small college where we met, where I went to college. So back, like you said, nineties, there wasn't a lot of recruiting. You know, I did play D three. So I knew I wasn't playing D one or D two. I wasn't being recruited for that. I wanted to play. So I kind of had to go and look at those colleges. So, um, yeah, that was my experience that I can even remember from 20 years ago, like 22, 24 years ago now, but we've been out. So for you, what did it look like? Cause you were closer to, I am, I am closer to Pennsylvania, which is where we played. Um, but honestly, I didn't even hear about that school till my senior year. Although, you know, recruiting wasn't a huge thing for me. I didn't start playing team sports till ninth grade. So I was still really learning. I was still figuring out how to be good at those sports, um, at basketball and soccer. Although I, I really found that I loved them. And so I spent a lot of extra time outside of high school practice working on them. I became a goalkeeper, for example, for soccer, my sophomore year of high school. And, you know, when the season was, I just kind of got thrown in there in the middle of a tournament. Um, Our goalkeeper got hurt and I volunteered. And so at the end of the season, I ended up playing out the rest of the season. And my, my head coach at the time had played goalkeeper in college. And he said, listen, if you actually like this and you want to work on it, I will come in and work with you, but I can't do it at practice. Um, you know, cause I'm busy with the rest of the team, but if you will come in on Saturday mornings, I will work with you. And so that's what I did. I got up early on Saturdays. I went in and I worked with him and I got a lot better because I put in that extra time and effort mm-hmm. and that ended up really paying off. So I got kind of recruited. I got seen by someone who was from the college who then relayed it to the coach. And he was like, Hey, I know you're going to need a goalkeeper. You know, here's one that you might look at. So, but beyond that school, I only really went and looked at one other one. And I was there actually looking at basketball. So I practiced with the basketball team and talked to the coach and she kind of made it clear that I might be able to have a walk-on spot, you know, um, but I would have to, you know, come in and try out and, and whatever, but it wasn't outside the realm that I could make the team. And it was the same thing. It was like, I wasn't really loving the vibe of the team. It just, it just wasn't the right fit for me. And only by going and trying it out, did I really know that? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, Patricia, because I have a friend whose son is in this process right now. And I've spoken to her a little bit and we're, you know, kind of praying. We are praying alongside him to make decisions. And it does sound very familiar, but the one thing we're leaving out that he's dealing with that I'm guessing you'll probably deal with, with your son is the money aspect, because they're looking at different colleges and he really likes one of them, but they're not going to get any money. And then this other school he does like, he's going to get full ride. So there is that money element that we haven't even, we didn't really touch on yet. I guess I could comment. I mean, our school was a private school. So we, um, I remember them saying we don't have any money for sports, but academically they were able to give me a little bit of money because of my academics were pretty good. But, but because of division three, they weren't recruiting with money at our school where we went. I know that. And the other school we looked at, I have a feeling, um, if I can remember, I don't think they were really giving a lot of money either. So I feel like nowadays money, um, definitely plays a big role in where you're, where 
athletes are going, right? I mean, it does NCAA, um, it depends on the division. So division three does not give athletic scholarships at all. So that is what we played. And that's why that was not on the table. However, I will say, I do kind of remember the coaches helping me find, uh, quote unquote leadership scholarships for, you know, I had held some student government roles in high school and done some different things. And so they were able to help me, you know, navigate that and find some money so that it was affordable for me to go to the school, but they weren't offering me money from, from any budget that they had. Yeah. That's the same. That's, that's the same with me. They, they were able to help find some money, which was nice. But again, I think that does play a big role in where uh, kids, I call them kid, their kids does now 18 year olds are looking to go play in college. Yeah. So um, that's a perfect segue, though, because as we got to college, what we already had was community. And I think that that makes a huge difference for a college student just walking onto a campus. You're just walking onto a blank slate and it's easy to get swallowed up and lost in that. Whereas if you already have someone who's looking out for your best interest, who already knows that you're there and cares about you then that makes a huge difference. So our coaches ahead of time were already helping us find, you know, scholarship money and things like that so that we could even attend there. And so we had someone already invested in us. So talk a little bit about what it was like to just walk right into having community. Um, I would say I started with soccer. We both played soccer and then basketball, but going in with soccer was nice because we were there before school started. So we were able to not, we didn't have any classes. We were able to just be with the team. We we helped with some of the uh, startup of school, but we also had preseason. So we were there three weeks early and we were able to just be with the team. So I would say that was the biggest, the best thing for, for, for me going in is that I was from far away and I made friends quickly because I was with the soccer team. So we were able to have that community before school even started, before everybody came on, before the stress of classes, the unknown of all that started, that, that would be definitely where I would come in at, um, the preseason made a big deal. The community of the girls and the coaches running every morning, practice, double day practices, um, just figuring out life as an 18-year-old in college was a big deal. And being away from home for me, far away from home, was um, was a big deal. So I would say the community of the girls and the coaches to just have that preseason was super, super important. Yeah, absolutely. I also remember that because we were there early, we ran around to all the different rooms and picked out the best furniture and the best beds and we swapped them out. <laughs> nice. In our room. That's good. Yeah. 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 You know, the perks of being there early. Why not? Why not? Yeah. That's fun. So nowadays, I know working with some college athletes, a lot of the young kids, the younger generation really look up to our college athletes and really put them on a pedestal and really like want to be them. And I think we even do that with our professional athletes sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I want to kind of take a look behind the curtain at what it really is like to be a college athlete, because people see the the glamour, especially, you know, some of these division one schools are on TV, they get interviewed, they fly on airplanes, they get cool gear, you know, and all of that seems so great, like a fairy tale. And the reality of doing something hard is that it is hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of pieces that people don't see a lot of very early morning workouts, like you mentioned, two a days, um, you know, things like that. So what were some of the things that you noticed coming in and being a college athlete that were kind of taken to the next level? What was, what was the hard about being a college athlete? Balancing 
the schoolwork and the sports was the hardest part because I remember falling asleep at my desk in the library trying to study at night after a long day of soccer and classes. And it's comical now because, you know, we're older, but um, that was really hard trying to get my schoolwork done and trying to be focused on keeping my grades up because I knew for me, I knew I was going to be a, a PET, health and PE teacher. Like I was going there for that. So I knew I was, I, I, had, a, I had lots of classes because I was a double major. And so keeping, keeping a high level of that, but also remembering I was still a kid. Like I, we enjoyed running up, running up and down the stairs to the mail room. Like we'd be on the fourth floor and we'd go check the mail, you know, and we'd all go together and, you know, like just, um, trying to balance being a kid, enjoying it and not, and not allowing the sport to take over. But I think, you know, you and me, Patricia, being that we did division three, that's what I've always told people that I was able to enjoy the sport, but also be a student athlete and still enjoy my friends and and do things like that. I know division one and two, it's different. It's definitely different because I'm I'm gonna, I know that they have a lot more commitment level of of workouts with like lifting weights and their diet and their exercise, you know. But for for me, those four years were amazing, amazing. However, I think it's because I was able to balance is a, is a word people don't always like, but be moderate, be moderate. I guess the word more is moderation and like athletics and then also life. So that's what I would say for me for the four years, it was nice to be able to still be a kid. Cause I wasn't a kid kid, but I was, I didn't have a job yet. I was able to right go enjoy going to the stores or going, doing fun things and, and then still play soccer and enjoy being an athlete, which I loved. So how about you? You know, the funny thing is I'm thinking about that. And because we played two sports, I really feel like our commitment level was a little higher than a regular division three athlete. Um, It was actually more similar to what I see our division one kids doing just because you're working longer after the season, you have a little break and then you're working again. Um, They might have, you know, spring sports might have a fall season, things like that. And, you know, we just basically played sports year round. And so we, I remember coming home from a soccer tournament and getting off the bus with you and going into the weight room for basketball weightlifting. So I do feel like we managed a lot of those things in, you know, kind of like at a high, at a high level. Um, But I would say the thing that I remember most about moving up to that next level of collegiate sports as a goalkeeper Um, I, my position is slightly different in soccer and you need a specialized coach really to help you achieve a higher level of play. And there was not a goalkeeping coach for the girls. So I would get sent to the boys practice to work out with the boys, uh, goalkeeping coach along with the, the male goalkeepers and the workouts that he would put us through. That is the only time I can remember puking during a warm up, or I mean, sorry, during, during a workout. Yeah. I just, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I worked so hard. I would go, I went over to the bushes. It happened only once or twice that I can remember, but I threw up in the bushes and he was like, well, just sit out for a minute and step back in when you're ready. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. I don't remember that because I wasn't there. I was on the field. <laughs> right. Field right. Players. But, you know, being put through that next level kind of workout made me better. So right. the results that you saw on the field were, you know, great. Like freshman year, I won rookie of the year for our team and, you know, was able to keep a lot of the balls out of the net, but the work that I had to do in order to get to that level, nobody else saw, like even my own teammates didn't see it. Cause I was down, I was down working out with the guys. 
<laughs> yeah, true. Very true. I don't remember that. So yeah, <laughs> I remember all your saves, definitely all the saves, but I don't remember any of the hard work though. I do remember, didn't you get to go use the pool? I think there was one, one day they let you guys do dives and stuff into the pool. Oh, maybe. Were you yeah. I remember that because everybody was like, they get to go in the pool because it was hot August. Like August was really hot up in Pennsylvania, right? The humidity. And I remember we we're like, oh, those goalies, they get to go in the pool. And really, you guys are probably like, oh, I really don't want to go in the pool because now I have to go back out on the field and be gross. And but that's the different perspective of, oh, they're having fun in the pool. And you're probably like, no, that was not fun. Now that's I have to go in the field. There's a common misconception, I think, between field players and goalkeepers because, you know, I'll even now as a coach. I'll pull the goalkeepers out before, you know, some drill that the soccer players are all, the field players are all dreading because they've got to do a lot of running within it. And they're like, oh, the goalies get out of it, you know, whatever. And meanwhile, they they have to come over and do some other drill with me where they hit the ground 27 times and have to get back up. That is a lot of hard work, but everyone has their own perception mm-hmm. and, you know, your perspective is your reality. And so, you know, in this conversation, that's kind of where, where I'm going with that. It's like, we, you remember all my saves. Well, that's great. And I'm glad that you do, you know, but what you don't remember are, you know, all the hard workouts that I did and all the, you know, all of the steps that it took in order to get to that level. And so as we start talking to some of these people, as we start interviewing them over the next couple of weeks, that's kind of where we're going. We want to peek behind the curtain and say, what was your process like in order to get where you are? Because people see you on TV, people hear you interviewed, people read about you in a magazine or whatever, and they remember your highlight reel, right? And so not that it's a blooper reel, but it's kind of like, what was your process in order to have a highlight reel in the first place? And what can we take away from that? Because even though we haven't gone professional in the world of sport, we are professionals in some area. And so what are the things that we've had to do in order to become those professionals? So Becky is a health and BE teacher. Like she said, that is her profession. And I'm the director for a nonprofit called Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so in order to be a professional in those realms, there are a lot of things that we have to do that are off, off script, right? Nobody sees those, those like background things. I know for teachers, cause I used to be a teacher. There's a lot of stuff that you do outside of school just in order to make that happen. Right. So, I mean, how much time do you think you spend outside of work working? Well, guess what? I have a note on my computer that says lesson plans because that's what I do. I have to make sure I get my plans done on the weekend. I spend a couple hours at least in the weekend, um, getting my plans done for my health class mainly because it's more book work. It's more project-based too. So um, I have taught for a long time. So I do use a lot of some of the same things. I tweak them because the classes are different. Um, I do have to watch a lot of videos because I want to show videos to the students because that's what they love. They connect on little YouTube videos. That's just our, that's the generation, the culture that I'm teaching. So I have to watch all of these and I'm just kind of like, oh my goodness. You know, so that to me is like taxing because I don't really love to watch all these videos, but I know that I know that if I can find a couple good ones, they, they just, they, they get it. And then they open up and they talk. So for me, uh, prep is prep is just a lot of, a lot of watching videos, looking for things online that games I've been looking for like games a lot because they, 
that's what they like. That's what they learn from. Like I had them play this mouse mice on drugs. You drag the mouse to the seat and it would tell them what the drug is doing to the mouse. They loved it. And I was just like, these are seventh graders. So they're like 12, 13 years old. And they loved it because because it was fun, but it had all the real stuff in there, right? Like they're learning. They don't even know they're learning. So that's always been my motto, Patricia, as a teacher. If it's fun, they're 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 learning. They don't even know. And I'll, and that's the fun part to me about teaching is that I make it so fun that they don't even know they're they're learning. Like I do, you know, in PE we do a lot of. I love fitness, so we do a lot of fun. I think they're fun, but they are, they're like fitness games, but they're fun. And so the kid like capture the flag. We have a game, another snowball game. We play, they don't, they want to play it. They're like, Oh, can we play capture the flag? They don't even know they're running back and forth. They're tagging, they're running. They're, they don't, they're sweating and dying by the end, but you know what I mean? They, but they are working out. And so um, for me, that's what prep looks like trying to find things that will engage my students and then in health, it's more video watching. So for me, it's a little more sedentary, but um. <laughs> but engaging them and getting them to think. I really, I really want my students to think for themselves because I'm not going to be with them forever at all. I'm with them for a marking period, eight weeks. So I really want them to learn how to think. Yeah, no, that's really good. And it's cool because I can hear the passion in your voice about what you do, right? You're putting in the extra time and effort. And I, I just really love that. So for me, as uh, the director for a nonprofit, it's the same. I love what I do, but there's a lot of things behind the curtain, like fundraising and paperwork and prep work for, you know, talks I'm going to give or meetings I'm going to have with a kid, um, whether I'm going to sit down and do like a Bible study with them or a leadership training. Um, I also work with um, our gymnastics team at University of Maryland. And so I do a lot of team building exercises and um, culture training and things like that with them. And so that requires a lot of prep work outside of work Mm -hmm. as well. And those are the kinds of things I think we all have those kinds of things if we really sit down and evaluate and look at it. And that's another reason why I tell people to go into a profession that you're passionate about and that you will love doing and don't just pick a job because of the money, because that will eventually fade out. You're going to want to pick something that you wake up excited about. And it's not that you're excited about every single aspect. You know, I loved playing college soccer, but there were times where I was like, oh, okay, I have to go do this drill or, you know, this particular practice that I know is going to be hard and, but you, you do it because it does get you to the next level. And so all the, the grimy, hard parts of the job are just, they just come with it and every job has them. And so I'm looking forward to talking to our coaches and our athletes and our trainers and just being able to hear um, a little bit about what the reality of their job is and, um, you know, help us to have some perspective. And I think there's going to be a lot of things that we can learn from them along the way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to meet these people. I That's why I love our podcast, Patricia. I love meeting these people that are out doing lots of different things than what I do. And then, and then getting a few little nuggets here and there, and then being able to share them with people that I connect with in the community. Right. So it's been a, it's been a nice, a neat journey for our first year. Yeah, we're almost, we're closing out on the end of our first year. So I'm also excited about that, having a full year. I mean, we really, almost every week we delivered a podcast and um, I'm actually very impressed with us. That's another thing. I think if you're looking to start a podcast, it's fun and it's great, but it is a ton of hard work. 
And there are a lot of little jobs behind the scenes. There was, you know, at one point we switched the platform that we were using. And so then, you know, we, we picked in the new platform. I had done some research. And so then, you know, that left me watching a lot of videos to learn how to use the new platform. And, you know, so there's, there are definitely hard things with every job and you just have to decide if, you know, if it's worth it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Sure. All right. Well, that is the intro for this coming segment. And um, we are going to do our highlight and blooper reel at the end today. Um, And so Becky has our highlight reel and it's about her Spartan race that she just did. So I'm actually excited to hear about this. Oh, wow. Yes. It's exciting. And you know, Patricia, as I look at your screen, because some people will only listen to us, but we are Zooming now. Patricia has a huge background of a baseball field. And let me tell you, that is where my Spartan was. It was in an outdoor baseball stadium, which I guess they're outdoor. See, in Spartans, a lot of races are outdoor in the mountains. We did a Spartan race in a stadium. So there's a difference. So there's Spartans in stadiums and Spartans out in the woods. So we did a one in the stadium. So we ran, I think we ran, my husband and I were talking, every stair in that place, every stair. Every, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of levels. So we went to, uh, we did a Spartan in Philadelphia with two other families. It was so awesome, like off the charts, awesome. Um, it will be a highlight for years to come. My kids are 11 and nine and they did the kids race, which is a one mile race. And they have obstacles in between the running that's what a Spartan is. People have asked me and can't believe we did it. And so here's the thing with the Spartan, Matt and I learned some people race it and they come early in the morning, like a triathlon and they all go off and they're the speedsters. They're racing it. They're trying to get medals. Then there's those of us who are, I would say lifetime athletes. Let's call us that Patricia. And we did it for the pleasure, which is people think funny, the pleasure of working out and just enjoying being outside, enjoying being with our family. Um, if you've gotten to know me at all, I try to be pretty intentional. And so this was a family thing that we've been training for. However, we didn't train that well. So next time we'll do a little better. However, so the kids did a one mile and they would run and then they had like, they jumped over things and they did jump rope things and they carried heavy things and they lifted up balls and slammed them and threw spears. Okay. So it was really exciting. So the kids did theirs and then Matt and I raced raced with my neighbor friend, Lori, and we stuck together. We decided let's stick together because we knew we weren't winning it. Right. But we had been training together. So we're like, all right, we'll stick together. So we did like 30 obstacles and it was just so awesome. So in a Spartan, if you don't get an obstacle done, you have to do usually 30 burpees, Patricia, 30. Okay. So but for some reason at this race, it was 15, which was good because I didn't do like, I think three. And I knew I was going to struggle because they were the monkey bars. So the monkey bars were this far apart and I'm a short woman, so I couldn't reach them. So th- that was a difficult one. And there were two other arm ones that I just couldn't do. So, but it was okay because I did some other obstacles, Patricia, that I could not believe I did. So super proud of myself, super proud of my family. My husband did a great job. My kids, they actually ran it my son did it three times, the kids race, and my daughter did it twice, which was kind of unheard of, but it was kind of like an open flow during the day and they loved it. So I am a very obviously over the moon about it. If you or your family likes fitness, loves to be outside, it's a little expensive, not going to lie. However, 
It's definitely like a, a bucket list type, I would say for a lot of families to check off on a bucket list to do together. My kids are like, I got this big medal. Like it's a real medal. And like, because you actually accomplished something and um, just to build that. So obviously you can tell them super excited about it still. And um, if that's something your family's interested in, I am going to try to blog about it. So if you want to know a little more about it, I'm going to put that on our website. So very, very excited, still excited. So no, I love that. And you hit on something else that I think goes along with that that hard work piece is the ability to be proud of yourself afterwards and to look back and say, wow, look at what I accomplished because mm-hmm. I put in hard work. And I think that that is important to point out as well. So yay, I, I saw the pictures and I'm really excited for you guys. I'm glad it was a fun day. Thank you. All right, Patricia, are you giving us a blooper? I Yes. So I have a blooper reel actually from college athletics. <clears throat> so we had this short bus <clears throat> that our soccer coach would drive to games. Um, we didn't ever really need to fly on airplanes, except when we made nationals with basketball. That was awesome. We flew to Oklahoma. But that was cool. Otherwise, we rode on this short bus. <laughs> to all of our games. And I, you know, I like to nap because I work hard and I think there's a lot of athletes that that like to to nap to get their nap in. I like to sleep. And there were these luggage racks in the bus and there was me and one other girl. Um she was also one of the other goalkeepers. I don't really know what that says about us, but anyway, um we would climb up into the luggage racks while we were driving and we would sleep up there on the trip because you know the seats are uncomfortable and people are down there talking and doing homework and whatever. And I don't even know if our coach knew this, but um we would crawl up there and we would sleep. And I remember one time I crawled up there and I fell asleep, and I think everyone got off the bus. And they left me up there and I don't think we were, I don't think we arrived. I think it was after a game. So I think we arrived somewhere to eat and I missed dinner (laughs) or maybe someone came back in and got me. Yeah. But I do remember they left me in there and then I think (laughs) someone did finally come out and get me. They're like, where's Patricia? (laughs) Oh, I think she's still on the bus. And anyway, yeah. So eventually I think I stopped um, sleeping up there until after the meal because, you know, I also like to eat, but uh, yeah. So that's, that's my blooper reel. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe we left you up there. That's pretty funny, man. Well, you know, everyone's just like, Oh, let me go get dinner. And everybody's hungry. So see you later. I remember those dinners after games. It was like, get off that bus. So, Oh, that's funny, Patricia. I, Oh, you're going to tell us you fell off the luggage racks because that would be pretty good too. That would be funny, but no, I never, I did never fall off of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Well, this has been super fun and I am totally looking forward to our first interviewee. Yeah, me too. So the last thing we do is to pass the ball to a woman in life who has inspired us. So I would love as we continue our soccer theme and you may want to pass the ball to her too. Um, it's actually Becky's current BFF, but she was a little bit of a mother to all of us little freshmen um, when we first arrived at college. And that's Sarah, her last name's Chamberlain now. Um, so she was a senior and her younger sister actually was a freshman with us. And so we had Anna and there was Becky and I, and there were several others of us that she just kind of mothered us 
throughout the course of our freshman year of college. And I just always remember um, being thankful that she was like checking up on us and making sure we knew exactly where we were supposed to be and what we were supposed to be wearing and, (laughs) you know, that we had like done our laundry and stuff. Um, And so I just wanted to shout out Sarah. Hey, that's cool. I will shout out my bestie any day. She's my best friend and just saw her the other day. And, um, she was definitely a good, a great influence in college. And one thing I can add to that, we'll, we'll definitely shout her out is at the end of my freshman year, I saw her go off to college as a health and PE major. And I was with her and I saw, this is a funny memory, Patricia. I was at her house and her mom and her had just gone shopping for PE, like warm up suits. And I remember I was a health and PE major and so was she. And I remember her laying them on the bed and she was going off to start her profession. And here I was a lowly freshman looking at this thinking like, oh, it's far away. And then now, you know, 20 years later, you know, but um, yeah, Sarah was a great, a great uh, leader as a senior captain and just included us. And Patricia, I think that's why we had such a great freshman year along with everything we've talked about is the relationship. So it'll be neat to see what these people we interview say about who, who they pass the ball to. Mm -hmm. And if it has anything to do with where they're at in their sports. So yep. Sarah Chamberlain, get it girl. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to this entire segment and all of our guests and their interviews and what we can take away and apply to our life that they have learned throughout their time in sports as they're still there. And as always, life is a team sport and you are never alone.